You're listening to the Design Engineering Podcast, where we explore topics important to Canada's mechanical engineers, product designers, and machine builders. I'm Mike McLeod, editor of Design Engineering Magazine, and in this episode, I speak with Mohit Kedia, Product Management Director, IoT for Canonical, the company that develops and maintains the popular Ubuntu Linux desktop and server operating systems, but also the embedded operating system, Ubuntu Core. During our conversation, Mohit and I discuss the current embedded OS landscape, how and why Linux is increasingly being integrated into automation equipment, and what sets Ubuntu Core apart from roll-your-own implementations like the Yocto project. Hi, Mohit. Welcome to the Design Engineering Podcast. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for inviting me here. Sure. If you could, if you could just spend a few minutes introducing yourself and what it is you do and uh, and who you work for. Absolutely. Uh, so, Mike, I'm here uh, working uh, here at Canonical. Canonical is a company behind Ubuntu, and we have uh, the range of products and use cases, starting from servers, which is well known, or the desktop, which is well known. But our solutions range into the IoT. Uh, edge as well as industry 4.0 market as well. Here at Canonical, uh, I am the director for product management and focused on IoT. I'm leading the team of product managers and responsible to drive the open source vision from Canonical into the industry 4.0 market. Okay, yeah, and I think most people know the uh, the Ubuntu name, you know, especially especially as you say in the server and the desktop market. I think Ubuntu and we'll call them Ubuntu derivatives, uh, Linux distributions that are based on the Ubuntu um, distribution are, uh, you know, have been dominant for like 10, 12 years, uh, both in dom- uh, and continue to be. Um, but we're today we're talking about the Ubuntu core distribution, if that's the correct term for it, uh, <laughs> in the in the traditional sense of Linux uh, distributions. But um, and this is specifically targeted to the embedded market. Uh, so it's an embedded OS as opposed to a desktop or a server OS. Can you give me an idea what defines an embedded application? You know, that's that's a great question, right? You know, so I think the definition of what is today being classified as an embedded device is pretty wide. Uh, it used to be extremely small microcontroller-based devices having a hard real-time uh, you know, operating system or having a hard real-time performance. That used to be the traditional definition of an embedded device, but uh, now it's expanding a lot more. There are, you know, if you look at uh, your Amazon Alexa, that is, I would consider it as an, uh, as an embedded device. If you're looking at industrial gateway or an industrial PC, that is also an uh, you know, embedded device. So, you know, embedded use cases have really expanded both in terms of number of use cases, also in terms of the number of devices, but also in terms of the compute capability as well as the feature sets they would have. And, uh, you know, anything from far edge gateways to the really small, ultra small devices, I would call them an embedded device or an IoT device to be specific. So, you know, from cars to the ATM machines to the, you know, in your uh, in-home appliances, uh, to your industry, uh, you know, industrial manufacturing instruments, to the industrial robots, all of them, I would classify them as an industrial device. And just to give a sense of maybe the history of or the landscape of embedded OSs, Obviously, Ubuntu Core, the one we're talking about today, is a part of that. I think, uh, you know, other players in this field, or at least historically, we've got Wind River and uh, VxWorks. Uh, it's very, uh, you know, it's 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 well known within the aerospace, the autom- uh, industrial, uh, automotive to a certain extent. Uh, uh, other players include uh, like the Windows CE or Wind- uh, Windows 10 I- IoT, I think is what they call it now. Maybe there's ThreadX. I don't know exactly what that is. That's a new thing. And then BlackBerry's QNX 
which has been popular in a lot of car infotainment systems and maybe telemetry systems. But am I missing anybody, any of the major players here? That No, I think you, you got it right. So if I okay. have to summarize the kind of OSs that you can classify into embedded operating systems, you know, I would classify them into two categories. One, I would call it a real-time operating system, which mm. is a ultra-constrained single capability for the device. That's, mm-hmm. that's one. The second one is fully featured uh, op- or full feature operating system. And Linux comes into that category. And uh, there is no clear uh, boundaries between these two as the compute uh, power or as the compute is getting cheaper and more accessible. Uh, the line is blurry between where the RTOS would be used or where the Linux or full feature operating system would be used. Yeah, and I did want to get into that. Uh, I mean, when they when we talk about there's hard real time and there's soft real time, and then there's you know there's different layers or uh, uh, a gradation of determinism within those things. I know that uh, the Linux kernel has certain flags or can be compiled in such a way that it has real time or preemptive kind of kernel things in it and stuff. Is that considered an RTOS when those components are turned on in the, I, I say, it's a very basic way of saying compiling a kernel, but but you know what I mean? When when those flags are, are, are part of the kernel, is that considered an RTOS or is it still a step down from the traditional RTOS? In Linux in itself, uh, I would classify that there are two kinds of Linux in the embedded world right now. Okay. One is the legacy Linux, some of the names that you have mentioned. And another one is the new age Linux that allows you to run containers, allows you to do software updates, which come secure. Uh, you can have applications and all those capabilities. Uh, so these two classes in uh, the Linux. To answer your question around if we add the real-time capability to uh, the Linux, does it become an RTOS? Again, you know, it's, it's a matter of perception in my mind, right? Um, RTOS is in my perception. So I managed in my previous role, uh, not at Canonical, uh, but uh, in my previous organization, I managed one of the most popular RTOS as well. So uh, the RTOS in my mind is still a single function a, you know, lower capability device than a Linux. So it's about, it depends in my mind, at least, and to our customers and to the users that I have talked to, it really depends on the capability of the device. If it is Linux, it is a higher capability device. If it is an RTOS, it is a lower capability device. So yes, there are some aspects about real time and real time performance associated with it. But the classification it is not strict whether if it is, a real, you know, if you have real-time capability, then the Linux would going to become a RTOS. I don't think that is how industry is seeing it today. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, so far as industrial controllers, right, and stuff, we have the traditional PLCs, programmable logic controllers, and programmable automation controllers, those things have been on the VXWare sort of hard real time. They do a very specific thing. They're expected to do them, you know, just very, very with a high, high degree of uptime and a high degree of determinism, you know, a new classification of, of um, um, uh, industrial controller that I think is, is showing up on the market is, is things that fill that traditional uh, function, but also have on sort of an edge computing capability as well and stuff. And that may be handled in different ways and stuff. It can be segmented out through a hypervisor kind of layer in which we've got a couple of cores dedicated to that hard real deterministic uh, day in day out capability that's sort of shielded or segmented off from the less uh, deterministic sort of edge computing, data collection, analysis, transmission, so on and so forth, such that if one one were to fail, it won't impact the other. Are you, is it, given what you just said, is that 
something that Linux can handle, or is it something we would ha where it would be more make more sense to have a a, tr uh, a traditional RTOS on one side and a a Linux or or a Linux kind of operating system on the other side? Yeah, so it it, it really depends on the performance requirements. It really depends on the use cases. Uh, your classification of having or today's industrial controllers being of dual purpose. One, which is the use to serve before, which is uh, having a highly preemptible or predictable real-time performance. And second one being the edge gateway kind of capabilities. So that's, that's accurate. That is implemented in various different ways. Mm -hmm. You can have, uh, you know, you can have a single processor with multiple cores uh, using hypervisor and different cores dedicated for different capabilities. You can also have uh, what what's a common term in industry today called as a hybrid uh, microprocessor or microcontroller mm. that you have a couple of uh, cores which are dedicated for RTOS, then there are a couple of cores which are dedicated for full function operating systems such as Linux. So it really depends on how the organization of your overall system and the system requirements uh, are uh, being carried out. Now, companies like, uh, say, Beckoff Automation, for instance, they've, you know, they, they sort of built their business on industrial PCs running uh, Windows CE. I don't know if they, uh, I don't know if they, they also have the Windows 10 IoT, I imagine, probably for their higher end kind of applications. Uh, I think other companies have used some, I think Siemens has some kind of version of Windows for maybe its SCADA systems in its, uh, why do you think the shift to uh, Linux as I think, you know, I think people have been conjecturing about Linux in the industrial space for 10, 20 years, but now seems to be the time when it's making a big play. I know there's a, a number of companies that I've I've looked into that are building the next generation of industrial controller based on Linux. Why do you think now, what is it that about Linux as a category or as an operating system is so um, appealing uh, to the market? That's a great question. You know, uh, Linux comes with lots of inherent advantages, mm. uh, like what happened in server market uh, is, or like what happened in uh, mobile market is similar tra trajectory, I would expect industry 4.0, industrial automation market uh, to go. You know, it gives you the openness. A lot of Linux distributions are open source. Mm. Uh, you can control it the way you want. You have a full... Uh, you know, control and the flexibility around it. It comes with some of the modern capabilities required for today's uh, Industry 4.0 gateway or uh, Industry 4.0 device or for the future Industry 4.0 device, such as, you know, support or inherent support for containers. Security is also very important and Linux is considered to be a highly secure operating system. The Difference today why Linux is getting adopted more and more is because the needs are better suited for the Linux operating system. The needs of industry uh, industrial devices is better suited or better catered by uh, the Linux operating system. But also there is a rise of professional Linux operating system vendors who can give you the same level of maintenance and the same level of long life that are required capabilities into, uh, you know, into serving the industrial market. I mean, I guess one could look at it cynically and say, well, it's it's free, but there's more to it than that. I'm just trying to get at really what what is the what is the upside of a Linux-based operating system as opposed to, say, a Windows or a. Yeah, no, that's that's again a great question. So when I look at an IoT application. I really like to measure the total cost of ownership. What would bring the total lifetime cost of ownership of that device down? And Linux certainly does that. Uh, yes, uh, you know it is. You know it is. It comes with open source. Uh, it is free. 
for you to start development on but also it fulfills a lots of capabilities that you need in order uh, to make that next generation of industrial device now you know we were work we are working with uh, our partner bosch rexroth to create the next generation of industrial plcs uh, with the their operating system yeah. called tex which is based on uh, ubuntu core they what they're seeing in market is that custom their customers are more or this is the general trend in the market that the customers are more open to just pay for software features uh, add new capabilities for software add new containers of software add new uh, you know updates through the software and in order to do that linux is really well suited to do that uh, their customers uh, or the industrial customers are looking for security uh, you know as it's one of the most important uh, metrics uh, in order to choose an operating system linux fits into that tag and of course it comes with the credibility with popular linux vendors uh, you know which are which have risen over the last couple of decades and i think that open source when we talk about open source it's it's the open part of it that it's not picking a technological side it's 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 truly a platform that says any technology can be developed and and you know whichever way you decide to go you're not penning oneself in by choosing a particular uh by choosing linux and stuff it's it's a very open it's very it's very, in the in the truest sense of the word absolutely i mean enterprises there there is a larger mandate in enterprises today uh, that they want to become more open source and they want to shift a lot of their legacy and the proprietary software uh, which is which needs to be based on the open source so that's the mandate that we are seeing in all the leading uh, enterprises and industrial are the part of them as well uh, apart from that you know the open source as you said it gives you the freedom it gives you the flexibility and it allows you to control your own destiny which is really important uh, in today's market in today's geopolitical situation i think that idea of just sort of vendor lock in is something that's a part of this revolution that doesn't get talked a lot about and stuff because i think the old business model was very much we get you in our little ecosystem and we try and keep you there as much as possible whereas i think the next sort of generation is the hardware and the software are decoupled you're not necessarily buying one in order you know what i mean you're not buying into one when you buy the other before we before we dive into the specifics of uh, Ubuntu Core, it might be helpful to have something to compare it against, so we we understand. Now, the so far as um, Linux embedded Linux is concerned, I think there are two main, maybe three. You have uh, obviously Wind River. They've have their own Linux uh, that may or may not be based on the other one that I'm going to mention. But the Yocto project, or I think there's another one stuff. These that is a uh, again a uh, sort of open source kind of project that helps one tailor a Linux distribution to a specific kind of board uh so if you've got like a raspberry pi or if you have something similar to it that you need to tailor a you don't want like a desktop linux sort of with bits and pieces i mean it is sort of a, a server or a or a traditional linux distribution with all the pieces that you don't need taken out and the octo project is a way to build recipes that only put in the bits that you actually need in order to run the piece of equipment that you're basing your hardware around could you could you explain a little bit better than i, <laughs> I just did well, I, so think, that... uh, I think you did a great job there mike um, uh, okay. that is you know so the way i would call it is the you know uh legacy linux which are the you know like you know which are the legacy industrial or other operating system vendors providing uh, Linux capabilities with some of their know-how around uh, the industrial market. Mm. That's one. Second one is Yocto, 
which is, as you said, uh, you know, basically it's an open source project, which is adopted by a wide range of Silicon partners, which is fully customizable. You can build your own Linux or you can build your own operating system based out of uh, Yocto. And then the third one is uh, Ubuntu Core. Now, Ubuntu Core is an open source uh, Ubuntu or open source Ubuntu optimized for embedded and edge devices and provides that future proofing for next generations of IoT, edge and industrial devices. You know, it is open source and comes with all the benefits of being an open source operating system, but also, uh, you know, it is extremely modern. Uh, you hear a term around containers a lot. Containers are mm. the talk of the town today. Yeah. Uh, all your, you know, you want your monolithic piece of software to be broke, for it to be broken it down into different pieces of applications, different pieces of containers. And that's where the world is moving. That's how you see your mobiles being uh, operated. That's how you see a lot of your servers are being operated. Uh, so I see the industry 4.0 or industrial devices to be going in the same uh, direction where containers would going to become more and more important as we speak. So Ubuntu core is fully based out of containers. So it's not just an operating system which allows you to run containers on top of it. It In Ubuntu core, the kernel, the operating system and the applications all, uh, all of them are their own different containers, which uh, have isolated nature, which are sandboxed, so that it's very easy for you uh, to make sure uh, that uh, it's very easy for you to create the overall software of the device, overall package of the device, run it through a CI and CD uh, framework, run up. Uh, you know, run a lot of different parallel application development tracks where one team is developing one application, second team is developing second applications and so on and so forth. Um, also, it's very easy to upgrade. You can upgrade an individual component or an individual application in itself and, uh, you know, provides you a lot of modern capabilities so that you are not just developing uh, the Linux-based device, which is fit for today, but that would be, yeah, you know, that would be fit from a technological point of view for next 10 years. Gotcha. So uh, this is the Snaps concept that, that that Ubuntu created, I believe. Now, a container is, as a software term, I'm just explaining for myself and for, for anybody who isn't that deep into containerized and Dockers and Kubernetes uh, or whatever, this is an idea of segmenting off sort of a little sandbox that is its own a computing space that's walled off from the rest of the entire system such that it can't necessarily can I imagine it can communicate outside its walls but but its state or it's the what's happening inside it is somewhat in a bubble by itself and can't necessarily crash or bring down the rest of a system. Yeah, I mean, absolutely correct. Uh, so basically, the advantages of containerization today is that, as you said, the container in itself, in most cases, is an isolated uh, environment, is an isolated entity. If it crashes down, it uh, doesn't crash down the whole system. Also, uh, in order, what's really popular today, why the containers are getting very, very popular is you can take containers from different organizations, you know, and build the overall system. It's it's a plug and play model that comes in with containerization mm. that's driving the growth associated with it. So it it it, it provides you a higher level of uh, you know uh, security due to its inherent isolated nature. And also it expands you, uh, it allows you to expand the capability beyond just the code that is being developed by you in a much more simpler and, and easier manner. So an application running in a container 
is a bad actor either because it was badly programmed or it's got a bad bug in it or it's malicious code of some kind it's trapped in this virtual space and can't necessarily affect its partners or the base operating system that it's running on top of and can be shut down and restarted rather quickly if need be um so snaps is an if i understand it correctly is, is a version of containerization i think uh in ubuntu core we take the you've taken the concept even farther in which every aspect it's not just applications that are containerized but the entire operating system all its unique parts are also running in containers can you talk a little bit about how that how that works absolutely so uh, you you de described it very well so basically ubuntu core is built from snaps so so uh, snaps are the packages container format package format that are easy to install that are uh, inherently secure cross platform and are dependency free uh, you know from the different uh, from the other snaps um, you know you know from the different snaps in itself and ubuntu core is based or is completely built from uh, snaps in itself what that means is that uh, you know the kernel the linux kernel would be its own you know its own snaps the operating system the minimal version of operating system would be their own snaps and as a nature of it, the different customer applications that would run on top of Linux kernel and an operating system, they would also be the different snaps, uh, you know, which would be sitting on top of the kernel as well as an operating system snap. All of those snaps are include, you know, they include all the necessary components that they required in order to operate as a part of, uh, you know, their own environment. Uh, it is an uh, each snap package is an or has an isolated sandbox and what it does uh, it enables on the real development uh, for customer applications you can assume that your os your kernel just one works seamlessly and you you have parallel teams developing multiple different parallel applications uh, you know as you know during during your software development for an IoT device, it makes the software development much faster, you know, much more streamlined and much more secure versus the legacy software development. Gotcha, gotcha. Does it have a security function as well in, in that no one part of the system can, I mean, we talk about a bad actor, one application not affecting everybody else, but if everything is in snaps, Obviously, they have to talk to each other, but there is a, wall, a walled garden uh, for each component of the operating system, such that no individual part, other than the kernel, I imagine, stuff can necessarily crash the entire thing. Is that is that an accurate sort of description, or I? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, each of those map uh, applications is an isolated stand, you know, uh, sandbox in itself. Uh, and you know it is highly reliable because the interactions with other snaps, uh, you know, is is highly guardrail, uh, and you know the overall system is designed such that uh, you know the chances of failure by failing one snap is, are low. Gotcha. Whereas a roll your own kind of Linux distribution would have, I assume, the traditional. Uh, kind of way that an operating system, a modern operating system works and stuff. It has shared libraries that every application would draw upon. And one, like for whatever reason, a bug that appeared in one of those libraries could affect multiple parts of the system uh, potentially or would be compatible with one, one series of applications, but not with others. And so it, I guess there is a certain amount of duplication in that each application, each is in maybe encapsulating identical pieces of software or libraries in each of them. Whereas the tradition has been to share those things so that you're not taking up extra space, but it does have its downsides, especially in mission critical kinds of applications. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, uh, 
the different dependencies can be shared amongst uh, the different snaps uh, for you know if if you want one capability to share across two snaps so what the way you do it is to create a snap out of that capability in itself so that it's very easy to be shared uh, and the other two snaps to be based out of that so sharing is easy but still that guardrail nature that uh, you know sandboxing nature you can keep that so that you know you can uh, reduce the chances of the system failure which is extremely important for critical applications uh, you know specifically for the applications which are in mission critical nature into uh, the you know into the mission critical infrastructure space such as energy utilities industrial you know factory uh, you know where if if a system fails there would going to be a catastrophe what other what other things that are are an important part i think i think we touched on them a little bit but i mean the the sheer amount of work that goes into maintaining uh, a Linux distribution. I mean, what are all the things that we might not, you know, take for granted or or not think about when it comes to making yeah, so sure think, that the system is up to date? Sorry. No, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So I think you know, uh, if you have to choose between a commercial between a commercial operating system or make your own operating system, it's a standard make versus buy argument uh, linux engineers linux kernel engineers is a is a rare commodity today i heard this term used by one of uh, one of my customers uh, that it's much more difficult to find a good linux a good kernel engineer rather than to find a data scientist so uh, it's a make versus buy argument right uh, uh, it me you know uh, so the way Traditionally, you get uh, the Yocto distribution is that you would have a board support package that would be provided to you by a silicon uh, vendor, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for a compatible silicon. You take that, you build the whole distribution out of it, you add your own different applications, you add your own comp component, and you maintain it throughout its life cycle, throughout the life cycle of the device. Uh, which means that you would need to have an in-house Linux team in order to manage and maintain this distribution that uh, you are uh, creating versus with commercial uh, operating system. The commercial operating system comes supported with the most popular, with some of the popular chipsets uh, which are used in IoT, Edge, and industrial market today. Uh, and they come maintained, uh, you know, Ubuntu uh, has the 10 years of uh, you know long-term support model mm. uh, you can get security patches you can get support for the lifetime of uh, the device also what's important is the reusability aspect in here uh, in uh, the way ubuntu core is designed is once you create a solid foundation of the kernel and an operating system itself they would be going to remain almost static across multiple different industrial or multiple different IoT projects. Uh, so you can reuse those components again and again, develop a new application or set of applications on top of it, and you have your own, you have a new IoT product ready. Versus with make your own, uh, because the system requirement changes, uh, you would have to get another silicon, then you know roll out a new kernel that needs to be maintained. Uh, so the maintenance cost is higher uh, in make your own kernel uh, versus um, when you get a professional or a commercial Linux, uh, which is supported throughout its lifetime. Yeah, yeah. My sense is that uh, you know getting something tailored to a particular board is. I don't think it's easy, but there's a steep learning curve. But I mean, once you do it, it's fairly straightforward. But maintaining, keeping it up, staying on top of, I mean, these are developers that are contributing to a project that may drift away or not do. Each little piece of the Linux operating system is overseen by a community of developers, which is amazing, which is a strength, but also can be uh, a weakness in some ways in that if 
something becomes less popular or something goes gets phased out but even among uh, but even even above that and stuff there is that constant diligence to make sure that bugs are updated uh, the security flaws are addressed uh, so and so forth there's so much there's such a long tail in what goes into maintaining a distribution as opposed to creating one yes absolutely yeah so i mean creating one is a cost in itself but uh, what some of the device makers they often ignore is the cost of maintaining it because uh, you know there would be security vulnerabilities there would be bug you know bugs uh, you know so you would need capabilities in order to uh, you know in order to fix the security vulnerabilities in order to fix the bugs and you know you need a secure maintained operating system uh, in order to make it easy for you to do it throughout the life cycle what's also important is how do you deliver these updates right in mm. meet your own uh, linux you need to work with different vendors in order to get software updates uh, you know and in, you know incorporate those agents uh, you know in order to get you know the security vulnerabilities cvs fixed as well as the bugs fixed with ubuntu core um, all of that is integrated so it's very easy for you to develop uh, a new version or uh, you know of uh, an ubuntu core based uh, linux or ubuntu core the new version of ubuntu core based on the update that we have delivered and then deliver a remote software update to millions of those devices that you are de deploying in the field because that in itself is also a huge cost and a huge logistical challenge uh, specifically when those devices are so remote in nature mm -hmm. yeah if you could play devil's advocate for a second what is the main appeal of roll your own is it is it simply just a it doesn't cost us anything or is it a wide range of boards that are supported is it i'm only getting the stuff that i absolutely need and i'm not getting any cruft that that is just there just in case just to be a one size fits all kind of thing are, are all those things playing into it or is it is are there am i are there other things that that might be appealing no that's that's again a great question right you know so uh, typically, make your own Linux as they come as a default option, you know, you know, as a default BSP, you know, with the silicon device in itself. So it becomes very easy to get started with because it comes uh, you know, supported, preloaded with uh, the with your silicon chipset, with the development board, with the gateway that you are working based on. And often it's not easy to understand the concept of software development life cycle yeah. and what it takes to maintain uh you know uh, maintain a specific piece of software so often that is typically a neglected piece uh, you know at the start of the project and then that becomes a challenge during uh, the life cycle of the device uh, you know that is why you know in many use cases in uh, many scenarios make your own Linux customers get started with, but we are seeing more and more adoption for the commercial Linux uh, because of some of the benefits that we have just uh, discussed uh, that it offers. Yeah. You know, according to one survey, Ubuntu and Ubuntu Core, both of them are maintained uh, commercial Linux operating system combined are responsible for 34% of uh, Linux market share, which is higher yeah. than anything else out there in the market so, you know specifically in the areas which are uh, you know which are mission critical you know uh, which are sensitive in nature are deploying more and more commercial professional linux operating system or min or maintained linux operating system uh, you know for their uh, for their projects Another thing I wanted to touch on was the security aspect and I I just I I think you guys came out with Ubuntu Core 22 just recently this year at some point this year um if I was just looking down the sort of list of things that have been added or a part of 22 as opposed to 20 or 19 uh or 18 um 
So the secure boot, the secure, if you could talk a little bit about the secure boot, the full uh, full drive encryption, all those kinds of things that are that are baked into the Ubuntu core that may or may not be, I don't know, uh, part of a roll your own or another kind of commercial Linux. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ubuntu uh, core, you know, comes with advanced security features out of the box. You mentioned uh, the things such as... Uh, Secure Boot, uh, you know, it is one of the very few embedded Linux operating system out there, which provides you a full disk encryption. Full disk, disk encryption is absolutely required in order to uh, keep your data safe onto the physical devices. Uh, Secure Boot is required to ensure that uh, your devices are booting securely, uh, you know, with the right software which was loaded on them. Uh, it also comes with, uh, you know, capabilities of secure software over the air update. Software over the air update is often, uh, you know, you know, similar to uh, the maintenance part of it. Software over the air updates are often the ignored part, you know, from a traditional, uh, you know, traditional IoT device development. You only think about it when you are at the end of your uh, IoT device development on how would you fix bugs and how would you fix you know mm. vulnerability it is critical to have that capability in order to ensure uh, that um, you know in order to ensure that your device is safe throughout its life cycle it comes with uh, the you know uh, the fact that it is completely based out of snaps and uh, all the snaps are isolated in nature all of those capabilities makes ubuntu core uh, highly secure and fit for, uh, you know, fit for the remote, but still connected to the internet class of industrial devices. What is OTA? What is over-the-air updates? How does that differ than not OTA updates? Yeah, so uh, great question, right? So over-the-air update is basically a capability so that you can update your device in a reliable manner sitting from your home or sitting from you know one of the control centers so that you don't have to physically update the software you don't have to go to those devices and physically update the software of each and every device one by one or their update is um, important because uh, number of devices are increasing in IoT and edge market and more and more there are many different applications many different pieces of softwares and you would uh, you know there are many different pieces of software into the device in itself and you would want to update all of those pieces of software uh, in order to make sure that they are a vulnerability and bug free uh, or their update allows you to update anytime from your remote control center and you don't need to go to those physical places. So a traditional embedded device, you might need to plug a computer into it in order to be the conduit through which the, the updated software gets to the device. And this is the device itself is connected to whatever packaging, uh, whatever distribution system is in place such that it can, you can trigger it remotely. With all these updates, it makes it sound as if this thing is is going to have to constantly reboot, but I don't think that's the way it would necessarily work. It can still function with the, with the updated software without necessarily having to reboot. I don't know if, is that? Yeah, no, I think that that's the great question, right? You know, so what typically in all the order update mechanisms you have is an agent that would download the, the updated version of software. Once the download is complete, you apply that updated version of software uh, and uh, then you reboot the device to uh, reflect the actual capabilities of the updated software. What's really important in over the air update, you know, the devil is in details is, uh, you know, can you do it reliably? What if, you know, uh, you know, the software is not correct, the software you have downloaded is not correct and, uh, your, then your device is failed to boot again if mm. it's rigged. So 
the reliability is really important. The way we do it is we would always have the existing or an original image of the device, uh, you know, into one of those partitions. So even if there is some error in applying a new version of uh, an updated software, you can always fall back to the version that works very well and it increases the reliability associated with that software. Also, another important aspect around over-the-air update is the cost because you would use a network, uh, you know, in order to download the software. Linux in itself, you know, it's a large image. It's not, we're not talking about a kilobytes, a uh, few kilobytes worth of an image, you know, in order to update uh, the Linux system. It's, it's the Linux system in image is into uh, hundreds of megabytes, if not gigabytes. Uh, yeah. In certain right? So you don't want to congest your network by downloading, you know, if there are a thousand devices on your network and all of them downloading the updates at the same time. So what we're doing is we are providing the incremental update, which is basic, or uh, we are providing the Delta update, which is basically the Delta between your old software and your updated software. And you're just sending the Delta onto the device in itself. That makes it much cheaper and much more logistically possible in order to apply the fleet of devices, even if they are into the same network. This specifically becomes important in today because a lot of communication would happen over the cellular, the public 5G or a private 5G network. This mm. becomes more important as we move away uh, or move to the 5G network uh, so that you can keep your the cost of your uh, cellular bill lower. Right. So you're not, if you have a particular piece of software, a, a library or the application itself or whatever it is, so if you're not replacing the entire file, deleting the old file or overwriting the old file with a complete uh, all the code and compiled code that the incomplete binary and replacing it, you're only just replacing those bits of it that have changed. So that's got to be a fraction of what the entire binary is. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's Sorry. exactly what you send. Uh, you know, or, you know, over there, you would send the delta between your existing image and you know your updated image. That's what would be sent over the network uh, to the device. Then at the device, there would be a new image that would be created and that new image that would be added onto the device, you know, so all of you reduce the network, uh, you know, transmission and the network congestion by sending the Delta. I think the last, I think the last major thing that I wanted to touch on was there's snaps and stuff. And obviously Linux has been popular with software developers for a long time. And I think the, the move in the automation or the industrial space has to, been to move to higher and more complex kinds of programming languages, uh, Python, C, C++, and just opening up that well beyond ladder logic and, and other kinds of structured text, those kinds of, those kinds of things. But for developers, for companies, I know on the desktop space, the snaps, there's a snap store, there's a specific place where people can go and, and download things. How does that work in the embedded space and stuff? Do companies that create devices based on Ubuntu Core, do they tap into that Ubuntu store? Do they create their own store? That's a great question, Mike. Uh... So I think uh, the app, you know, everybody wants to have their own app stores and uh, want to deploy the software in the app store manner because app stores are making it so easy for you to deploy and distribute software, you know, across the range of devices. Ubuntu Core is built for the enterprise devices. It comes with, uh, you know, you can use the public app store if you want, but you know, what some of the enterprise customers are doing, they're using what we're calling a dedicated uh, app store, IoT or, or an IoT uh, app store, which is an, a private app store, which is accessible just to them and to the admins who are managing the devices. They can curate the list of applications, the list of snaps, uh, you know, as per their use case and manage 
uh, those snaps from the snap stores in itself. They can also work um, with uh, you know their partners and the wider ecosystem to create uh, a complete app store, uh, you know, which is which includes apps coming in from the ecosystem partners as well, not just the apps which they have developed. So it allows you to create the private app store and build an ecosystem around it so that you can make your industrial platform much more scalable uh, and make it easier for the consumers or the end customers of that industrial platform to you know uh, to consume and curate the software or applications onto their end devices. And I, I think that's the way Bosch Rex Ross with the Control X uh, that's implemented. I think they I think they've gone that way in which they have their own obviously they develop for their own um, they have applications that they build in-house specifically for their Control X automation devices, but they do throw it open to in a sort of iPhone sort of, I don't want to throw, I don't want any negative connotations of the Google apps or the Apple, uh, Apple, uh, but it's that same kind of idea in which third parties can develop for that particular device and have it. I imagine someone goes through and sort of vets it and tests it out and makes sure that it's, it's a uh, uh, plays nicely with others uh, before they push out. They allow their customers uh, to, to get, to download it and stuff, but it does open it up to that. And I guess, you know, not to, not to, people can still go outside the bounds, I imagine, and they can develop for themselves. Anybody who's a system integrator, they can leverage all of the good aspects of programming for the Linux operating system for their own device in their own, for their own purposes. They're not necessarily limited just to the app store stuff. I should, I should ask. Or maybe they are. I don't know. No, I think uh, what app stores do is it allows you with uh, with an infrastructure, with a solid foundation in order for you to develop and consume those applications on top of your industrial devices. Uh, so it is the simplicity of the app stores that you see on your mobile phones, but also it comes, you know, you know, it comes with uh, the high level of control, high level of review. Everything would typically be tested, uh, you know, for interoperability, for its correctness, for its functionality, uh, before those apps can be deployed onto the app store and subsequently onto the device in itself. So you you still get that peace of mind that the things you know, you're not just putting any piece of code and deploying it to the fleet of devices. Uh, you get that peace of mind that, you know, you can only get uh, the right version or the right software from the app store, but you get that ease of uh, development, ease of deployment, and more importantly, the power of togetherness, the power of collaboration uh, in order to expand the capabilities of the device that you are sending to your customers. Gotcha. And, and does everything that runs on Ubuntu Core have to be containerized in a snap? Can one run software not? Do you have to make a snap application in order for it to run on Ubuntu Core? Or could you run a Docker container and run just regular in-house developed software on top of it? So uh, that's a great question. Ubuntu Core and uh, the Snap Store, it comes with a Docker Snap that okay. uh, uh, that you can use in order to deploy Docker containers. Uh, but everything that runs on Ubuntu Core, since the way it's in it, since its inherent nature, even the kernel and operating system is a Snap. Yeah. So the applications that you are running on top of Ubuntu Core, it needs to be a Snap and snapping your applications you know is it's a very it's sort of very complicated process we have an in-depth documentation and support so that uh, you know it becomes easy for you 
to snap your applications and deploy it on Ubuntu core-based devices. I see. Okay. I think the last thing I wanted to cover, and I appreciate you taking the time with me, is um, the, the you know there's a certain um, obligation that comes with open source software to and I the different kinds of uh, JPL versions and different kinds of licensing things. Is that something that gets audited or looked after or sort of whether companies that are deploying or or either the vendor who's selling the device or the end user who's using it and maybe developing to it, is there are there concerns? Are there things that that companies need to be thinking about when they are developing in the open source ecosystem? Yeah, when you are developing an open source uh, ecosystem, what really matters is what kind of a license that software comes with. You know, comes with. What's the credibility of the developer or an organization who is developing that uh, open source uh, software? how it is maintained, what's the commitment uh, behind getting it maintained so that it's not just, you know, a new and shiny thing that that is there today and tomorrow, you don't know what happens to it. Uh, and is there any, uh, you know, is there any real momentum behind it in the developer ecosystem as well as the consumption associated with it? And uh, Ubuntu takes all of those boxes, uh, you know, uh, we provide a highly secure, maintained uh, operating systems, uh, whether it is Ubuntu Core or the you know traditional Ubuntu Ubuntu Classic um, uh, you know operating system. Uh, you know we have the track record since last eighteen years to deliver patches and to leave our the release the version of operating systems on uh, time. We, it comes with the support and maintenance of 10 years. Um, and, you know, if you up update the version of operating system, uh, you know, the, you know, uh, you can update the, or you can enhance the lifetime of the device in itself. On top of that, it is widely used and adopted by the large market. Uh, Ubuntu is the number one operating system in servers and desktop, it is uh, in, in the servers market. It is very popular in the desktop uh, market. Uh, and it is also, you know, the number one operating system into the enterprise edge and IoT business. So there is a strong momentum behind it in terms of users, strong commitment from the wider development ecosystem or wider developer ecosystem, as well as uh, the you know uh, the the support of Ubuntu that stands behind it so that uh, you can use it for free. Yeah, and I think I think one thing that we might not have brought out is that there is a ten year commitment to any long term. Is that right? Ten years as opposed to I think Yocto stands behind. They just came out with an LTS version which was like two two years I think, and then after that it's sort of community support. I imagine that's kind of a big deal. I mean, if you're thinking long term for a device, that's got to be kind of a a big differentiator for commercial versus roll your own. I think it's a necessity today, right? You know, uh, it's a absolute necessary capability in order for you want to develop your enterprise uh, systems. Uh, it is, you know, there, you know, nothing is bug free. Nothing is vulnerability free. The researchers. And the hackers are holding, you know, working all the time in order to find and exploit those vulnerabilities much beyond the life, you know, much beyond uh, the early days or the early years of uh, that operating system. In fact, the usage of operating system, it peaks much after the operating system or, you know, the initial version of one operating system is first released. The em embedded development cycle is a long cycle. It takes you somewhere between six months to two years in order to just develop an, mm. em an embedded uh, device. And then you deploy it, then you scale it up and so on and so forth. It's absolutely critical uh, in today's world. It's a, requir it's a mandatory requirement. It is today's world to have a maintained software. Ubuntu provides you with a 10 years worth of an LTS uh, support. Five years of a support comes uh, free, uh, you know, with the free versions and, you know, you can purchase uh, the support with us so that your operating systems are supported for 10 plus years. What it also does is, you know, there are some devices which 
which would have a life of larger or which would have a life of more than 10 years right that's not uh, that's not uncommon into the industrial market so for that, those use cases uh, we every two years we provide the lts version of ubuntu and ubuntu core uh, you can very easily update to a newer lts version every two years and keep hmm. extending the life of those devices beyond the 10 years as well yeah, 10 years is a long time. If I'm an end user and my line is dependent on a uh, you know a device like this, the person who's you know the company that sold it to me may or may not be invested in that particular item 5 years from now. They may have moved on to other things and they're like, well, "We're not making that much money from that thing. We're not going to dedicate that much time and effort to it." You know what I'm saying? Like as as an end user, as as someone who's got to um, differentiate different kinds of products, having the peace of mind that somebody is actually people who know what they're doing, having to do with operating systems, are actively managing and updating this part of the device for a decade is is kind of a big deal. It is very important, and Ubuntu is standing behind its products. Uh, more importantly, what it's doing, it's it's making it very easy for those device makers in order to consume and deploy those software updates so that they are more motivated and there is a less friction in, in order for them to maintain their devices for the longer life. Great. Mohit, I appreciate you taking the time with me. I know I've kept you a little bit longer than I, than I intended, but it's a fascinating uh, subject and I Again, I, I appreciate you taking the, the time to talk me through it. Thank you so much uh, for inviting me, Mike, and looking forward to talk more uh, you know, with you and your community uh, and looking forward to see uh, what you all think about uh, Ubuntu and uh, you know, its embedded flavor with Ubuntu Core. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the Design Engineering Podcast's other episodes at www.design-engineering.com slash podcasts, or subscribe to the podcast via the major streaming services, including Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts.